Welcome to Where's My Sign, where we share stories of how God has touched our hearts and affirmed His existence and love for us. I'm your host, Amy Arton, and today's podcast is a little different from the rest of the upcoming episodes because in this one, as stated previously, I will be sharing my own story of the ways God has given me affirmation of His love and existence and how He's spoken to my heart. But first off, hello to all you listening. I'm happy to be here and excited to share my story here in episode one. A little about my background. I was born and raised Roman Catholic and always believed in God, but there were definitely certain moments in my life where he reassured me he was there. Now, before I go further into my story, I want you to keep in mind that all of us are made unique and not even one saint has the same story to tell. So whatever your journey is, I pray that you are given the grace by our Father in Heaven to see the ways He's speaking to you in your life. And if you happen to be that someone who is having any doubts, confusion, or simply just wanting to grow in holiness, that you seek counsel from a spiritual director. Okie dokie, so moving along. The very first time I knew God was truly present in my life was when I was a kid in elementary school. Being from South Louisiana, snow is hard to come by, so... Before winter had even approached, I had been praying for God to bless me with snow so I could play in it. Because, well, you know, snow, like I said, South Louisiana, that's a rarity. Well, winter came along, and I had this vivid dream that it snowed. And then two days later, there it was. We had a major snowstorm. So it was at that point that I was sold that God totally is there. And listens to prayers because everyone knows that not even the weatherman could accurately predict actual snowstorms in the south. But this was just one little snippet that actually kind of started me off into that belief that, hey, God does listen and hear prayers. And he even actually answers them, which is even cooler for me. But anyhow, moving forward, I realized that even if I said some prayers that would not be answered, I knew God had his reasons, even though I could not see it, and that I would still continue to pray knowing he listens. Now, there were many other similar incidences like this that occurred throughout my life, but I will fast forward to some key ones that led me to where I am today. And where I am today is I am in discernment of consecrated virginity. And if you'd like to know a little bit more information on what consecrated virginity is, I have put a link into the links of interest section of the podcast section at ibelieve.media so you can find more information there about what that actually is. Now, around the time of my confirmation, oh, and for those of you who may not be familiar with the term confirmation, confirmation is one of the seven sacraments within the Catholic Church in which a baptized person is sealed with the gift of the Holy Spirit is strengthened for service to the body of Christ. And again, that's another link that I've placed in ibelieve.media. But continuing on, the reason I'm sharing this is going to be significant to my story, so just bear with me here. Now, around my confirmation years, I had gone to sleep, but then in the middle of sleeping, I felt like I was being pulled out of my body, and I was traveling straight up at intense speed. The best way I can describe it is like, you know how the cartoon characters, how they they show character skin on their faces, um, just going way back and everything like that. Well, that's kind of how 
how I felt, except I, I didn't have any skin. But anyhow, it was dark all around me. And then all of a sudden I was standing in front of a person and the only light was really coming from her. But interestingly enough, it was my godmother's mom who had passed away about three to six months previously. Now, I was not close to her. I only knew what she looked like because she lived in front of my godmother's home. And I used to go play at my cousin's house quite frequently. So I'd seen her around. But my point is, I really had no reason to have a dream about her. But nonetheless, there she was. I assume she picked up on my confusion. And then she told me, and for privacy reasons, I'll not use my godmother's real name. But, um, but the quote she told me was, quote, tell Sue I'm all right. I said, okay. And then I felt like I was slammed back into my body and I woke up. A couple days went by and I was still a little freaked out but worked up enough courage to tell my mom what had happened. And then she encouraged me to tell my godmother, but I was too chicken. So <laughs> I was scared she'd think I was crazy. So my mom asked if she could tell my godmother what happened. And I totally agreed to it and said she could give her the message. And so that's what my mom did. And then when my mom came back home, she told me that my godmother had been praying for a sign from her mom that she was okay. And apparently this was how um, the message was delivered. So again, for me, I was given more confirmation in God and his answering of prayers and his actual existence and his love for us, you know, because I think about it and I'm like, you know, he could have well just not allowed that grace. He could have, he could have allowed my godmother to just sit there and wonder, but he did choose to uh, let her know that her mom was okay. And interestingly enough, it was a grace for me too, because like I said, it actually confirmed even more of my belief in him. But anyhow, so at this point, I'm completely convinced. And while at that time in my life, I was a regular churchgoer and prayed a couple of hours a day, life eventually took me off course to the point where I was not going to church regularly. And I was not doing what my father in heaven had asked me to do. Uh, but I still had a firm belief in his existence, and I still continued to say my basic daily prayers, maybe only missing them occasionally. And I really feel like, had it not been for those prayers, that I wouldn't be where I am today, because I feel like they still kept me connected to him. But anyhow, a couple of those prayers that I would say was the prayer to St. Michael, the guardian angel prayer, the Hail Mary prayer, and the Our Father prayer. And continuing on, um, life had taken a turn for the worse, and it felt as though nothing was going good in my life. I felt God was trying to tell me something, which he certainly was, and I'll get to that later in this story. But after praying on it, I decided to attend a chiropractic college as I felt he was asking me to get up and move on. So I moved four hours away from home to take on this adventure. Eventually, I graduated, but life after graduation was nothing like I had anticipated. It seemed that one thing after the next was there to knock me down. All my friends even said that I had the worst look ever. So it was very apparent to me that things were off and I could feel it. Anyhow, there came a point due to things that I completely had no control over, that I was left jobless, had bills to pay that I could not pay, and I was at my lowest of my lows I'd ever been. And that night I'd went to bed crying and asking St. Michael to intercede for me and ask God to help me. Again, I'd never felt so low. Well, 
And this is where the other dream I told you about comes into play. So this dream had the same feel as the other dream. So it didn't feel like a dream, I guess is what I'm trying to say, right? So it was just kind of very vivid like that other dream where I was pulled out of my body. The only difference is this time I wasn't pulled out of my body. And this time I'm standing in a dark room and then all of a sudden I'm standing next to this lady I'd never seen before. And I guess she could see I was perplexed as to who she was and, and why I was there. So she looked at me and she said, I'm your guardian angel. And she gave me her name. And then after she told me that, she placed her hand on my head. And at that point, I began to tingle and felt this warmth come over me. And then as soon as she was done, she took her hand off of my head. And as soon as she did that, I woke up instantly. It, with Still with the lingering effects, I could still feel the tingling, the warmth, and all that goodness. And I was bewildered by what had just happened. But at the same time, uh, for weeks after, I was just so joyful and happy. I was the happiest I'd ever been. Um, I'd never experienced anything like that before. And like I said, I was still the happiest I'd ever been, which was really weird. Like most people wouldn't be extremely happy at the lowest point in their life, but that's where I was. And that's where that experience led me. And again, that experience brought me even closer to God, knowing that he does listen to prayers and he does answer. And it was very obvious to me that God was working in my life, even though I had no clue what was going to happen. So again, more confirmation from him. And then moving on, um, time had passed and I officially had a job that I was content with. However, a little bit about me is that despite the fact that I became a chiropractor and chose the chiropractic profession, I actually, deep down in my heart, desired to be a professional songwriter someday. So I always felt torn between that day job and my dream job. And while I had a job I was content with and had moments of happiness with, I, was, I still felt like so miserable in that job. And, you know, just, just to make a comment here, uh, the people were really good to me. So it, it wasn't like and it wasn't a terrible atmosphere. It's just there was something working inside of me, right? So because of that, I knew something was off. So all that occurred to me is I can't possibly be doing what God wants me to do. Because if I was, I wouldn't be so miserable. And so one night I'm crying, praying to St. Michael, asking him for his intercession again. As a friend talks to their friend, I mentioned to him that being a professional songwriter must not be what God had intended for me because I believe in God's almighty power that he can make anything happen. And if it hadn't happened yet, I was completely off course. And this was not something that he wanted, but maybe this was something that I wanted for myself. So um, at that point, I mentioned to him that, look, I only want to do the will of my father in heaven. Please ask him to show me the way because, again, Apparently, I'm not doing what he wants me to do because, you know, I'm not extremely happy in my life right now and where I am. And so in the middle of all that, I'm wide awake and speaking to St. Michael, asking him to ask the Father in heaven to help me. And then all of a sudden, wide awake, as clear as a bell, I hear the words in a male voice say, make a devotion. Now, 
at that point, I was just kind of like in awe, like my tears instantly stopped. And I was thinking, who was that? Who's in the room with me? And what just happened? But I knew deep down that somebody had told me to make a devotion. So again, it stopped the tears because I'm like, somebody's listening again. So, I mean, how many times does God have to come and, you know, show me he's there, right? But uh, we get so wrapped up in the world that even though we know it, sometimes we even overlook things. But my point is, so here I am, I hear the words, make a devotion. And then I'm trying to figure out, well, you know, I've got all these thoughts running through my head, like, uh, just, just, I mean, I've got all kinds of thoughts running through my head and I didn't know what I was going to do, but I do know I was told to make a devotion and I contemplated about, well, was that a good voice? Was it a bad voice? And then after a couple of days of praying on it, I was like, you know, making a devotion is never going to be a bad thing, no matter what. So I just had to figure out what kind of a devotion I was going to do because there's, you know, in the, in the Catholic faith, there's, there's so many devotions and so many different things we can do. So, but it occurred to me that, you know, every time I've prayed to St. Michael in the past and, and asked him to intercede for me, the Lord has responded. And so I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to say the chaplet to St. Michael. That's going to be my devotion because what better way to give our Lord praise than to honor the angels that he created and sent to help us. And at that point, I began saying the chaplet to St. Michael. And, you know, I, I said that daily. And then a few months later, I felt I should be saying the chaplet of divine mercy. Oh, and for those of you who may not know what the chaplet of St. Michael and the chaplet of divine mercy are, I've placed links about those in the links of interest area of the podcast at ibelieve.media as well. But moving along, I decided I would look for the Divine Mercy Chaplet Prayer. And for whatever reason, instead of just searching for it on the internet, which I easily could have done, I decided to look for it in my prayer box. While in my prayer box, I came across a prayer book and I thought, you know, I wonder if by chance there's a copy of that prayer printed in this book somewhere. So I grabbed the book, turned it open, and boom, there it was. Interestingly enough, as soon as I opened the book, it flipped to this, there was a card as kind of like a bookmark, so to speak. There was a card in the middle of it that I hadn't seen when I started to open the book that it opened up straight to. And what I saw there was this really, really worn out chaplet of divine mercy card. And what's interesting, what's interesting is I don't ever recall saying the chaplet of divine mercy. But if I would have said it, I know it wasn't something that I had a strong devotion to in the past. And this cord was completely worn out. I mean, I don't know how that card even got there or whose cord that was. I suspected, hey, maybe it was my dad's cord that he used to use and somehow it ended up in my book. I don't know. But nonetheless, the book was there. And then, interestingly enough, it was sandwiched right there next to the Chaplet of St. Michael prayer. So at that point, I knew and I felt in my heart that this can't be coincidence. There's St. Michael again, and he's leading me uh, to say the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. So I began saying that prayer daily as well. And a few months into that, I recalled something that I had promised God 
when I was in my late teens. So remember when I said, I do feel God was trying to tell me something. I just I kind of didn't know it at the time, what was going on. Well, now I remember. So what's interesting is the age I was when I decided to go to chiropractic school happened to be the same age that I had told God that if I hadn't met the right guy by the time I was that age, that I would become a nun. And so I had completely forgot that I had made that promise to God. And, I, you know, everything started to kind of come together. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I totally did not do what I said I was going to do. I broke my promise. And so then I started to feel really guilty. But then I was like, well, but I know God knows that sometimes we just don't see what we need to see or we forget things. So but but nonetheless, I decided, well, you know, I'm past the age requirements of most orders and you know, the amount of school debt I have and all these other thoughts were going through my mind. I'm like, being a nun's definitely out. So, so I decided to search. And so after much searching, I came across the Sisters of Life and I just felt drawn to their mission. So I made a donation to them and just went about my business forgetting about it. Well, one morning I have a very realistic dream that I was standing next to Mother Angelica, but this time she's all in white. And Mother never dressed in white. She was always dressed in brown. So I found it very interesting and it stood out to me. And it felt as though it was so real. It felt like, wow, I just, I just smelt Mother Angelica. So nonetheless, I see her and then I wake up and then I go about my business for the day. And then later in the day, I decide I'm going to check my email. Well, when I check my email, I received a thank you note from the sisters. So I'm like, well, that's very interesting that I would see Mother Angelica in a dream that was very vivid, felt very real. And from my past, vivid dreams typically were, had some reality to them, as you can tell from the other stories I've told. And so I was like, that's very interesting that I would have that dream. And then I would actually get a thank you note from the sisters that day. So at that point, I'm like, something's definitely up, you know, and obviously I keep having these things happen. Um, but before long, it was very obvious to me what was going on. So as time went on, by this point, I'd been going back to church, receiving the sacraments. But anyhow, I kept thinking that something was off. And what was God really calling me to do? So I was wanting some advice and thought to myself that I'd like to be able to meet one of the sisters. However, these sisters are not located anywhere in my area. And at that time, I was living in Houston. So a few days later, that thought came across my mind that I should check out their website to see if they were up to anything new. And so I did. And interestingly enough, I saw they had a podcast that they had just started. And I was like, well, you know, I'm going to sign up so that I can keep up with them, see what's going on with their podcast. Well, Within 24 to 48 hours of signing up to receive updates, I received an email stating that the sisters were going to be in Houston that weekend. They were only going to be 30 minutes away from me, and the church that they were going to be at was St. Michael's. So as you can see, St. Michael, he's everywhere in my story. So um, he's definitely one of those top angels in heaven, and he's definitely dear to my heart. Nonetheless, I the sisters go to St. Michael's. I go to St. Michael's because I want to meet the sisters and I want to ask some advice. So I did end up going there. 
And one of the sisters did go ahead and recommend a book, which I was very thankful for. And time goes by, and now I'm starting to feel like maybe my support for sisters is just not enough. I felt God was calling me to do more, but I didn't know what, because it's not like sisterhood was an option, right? So at this point, I began looking into things and was told about and also discovered consecrated third orders, which, by the way, I had no idea what that was. And I didn't even know they existed. But in case you're curious, if, like always, I've got links up on the links of interest page in the podcast section of iBelieve.media on that topic if you'd like to learn more. And that's all relating to this particular podcast. But moving along, I looked into those things, but they just didn't seem suitable for me. But then I came across Consecrated Virginity, and it just felt like it was so beautiful the more I read about it. And then the more drawn in I became, I wondered if God was calling me to this consecrated life. So I began to pray on it because I wasn't sure if this was my own personal guilt of not keeping my promise to become a nun that was placing this on my heart or if it's something that God truly wanted me to do. And I did let God know that if this was something I wanted, then I really wanted no part of it. Because anything I've ever wanted and tried on my own did not work out. So I just wanted it to be his way and to do his will. Now, remember how I said sometimes we feel we really need like a big old billboard sign from God with shooting fireworks and all that jazz so that we can, so that he can get our attention. Well, that was about what I was about to get. And my wonders on if it was me or him wanting this for me uh, was about to be revealed. So one day I'm on my drive back to work. I was listening to the podcast of the sisters when at the end they challenged listeners to ask which saints in heaven wanted to be their friends, which by the way, I think is a really good challenge and it worked out fantastically for me. So I would say uh, if you're listening to this, maybe go ahead and try it out yourself. But anyhow, I had a long drive and so I was like, challenge accepted. Well, it was not very long before I received my answer, and I actually had a couple. Now, the first was St. Gabriel. Now, initially, when the name came to me, I thought about the archangel, but quickly dismissed it because I knew he was already my heavenly friend because he's one of the angels honored in the chaplet of St. Michael, which I already said daily. So I was like, he would have no reason to, to tell me he wants to be my friend because he already is. So I was like, is there another St. Gabriel that maybe I'd, I'm not aware of? I said, you know, let me go to the EWTN website and I'll look to see if there's any, any St. Gabriel out there that I'm just not aware of. So I go to the website and I'm looking it up. And sure enough, I come across a St. Gabriel of Our Lady of Sorrows. So I began to read his story and that's when it happened. So to try and make this long story short, I read that St. Gabriel was a sickly guy who promised God he'd devote his life completely to him if he was healed. And God did it, but St. Gabriel bailed out, and then he got sick again, promised the same thing, God healed him, and again, still no commitment. And then one day, St. Gabriel was attending Mass for the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows, and in the processional, they were carrying a banner 
of Our Lady of Sorrows. And when he looked up at the banner, the eyes of Mary turned towards him. And in a clear voice, he heard the words, quote, keep your promise. Well, needless to say, when I read that, I knew there was no possible way that that was coincidence. And certainly no coincidence unfolded so conveniently. So it was at that point I sought out more information from another consecrated and I began spiritual direction. And currently I'm just waiting on a few more things to take the next steps towards that. It's a long road, but I can say that all of these things and many things I've not mentioned for time reasons has drawn me closer to trusting in his love and his mercy. So that's my story. And like I said in the intro to the podcast that was posted about a week ago, that's kind of what I've meant by we can completely miss it if we're not open to it. I was so focused on trying to get my life together, focused on where I was in this materialistic world, that I lost sight of Christ, even though I thought I was putting him first. But by saying my prayers and developing that relationship and being drawn closer to him, all by the graces of God, praise Jesus, that led me to where I am. And I know without a doubt he is there. He does exist. He is there for you as well as he's there for me. And wherever you are in your journey of life, I just ask you to keep your mind open to where he may be leading you and guiding you. And with that being said, I will close in a prayer to St. Michael. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Save my